This is episode 10 of the Think Data podcast in partnership with DataWorks. I'm really pleased to welcome Kadisha Bryan to the podcast. Kadisha is a senior data engineering consultant for Booz Allen Hamilton. And it's safe to say her career and kind of journey to this point was anything but conventional. Alongside her day job, she's built a huge kind of following on LinkedIn and recently launched an edtech company and community for aspiring data professionals um, called Data in Motion. It is uh, yeah, a great pleasure to have you on the show, Kadisha. And uh, obviously, I've followed you on LinkedIn. We've obviously connected and spoken. But would you mind kind of giving the listeners a bit of a bit of an intro to you, your background, and kind of what I suppose took you from working as a technician for the US Navy to kind of being a fully fledged kind of data consultant, I guess. Well, thanks for actually having me, Alex. Uh, so I will say my journey starts off um, probably like t- almost 10 years ago when yeah. I f- first graduated from uh, high school. Um, back then, I wanted to join the Navy or just actually the military in general, but I was talked out of it by my parents. So <laughs> I did about four years of school, um, waffled around, kept uh, switching majors because it wasn't really what I wanted to do. actually ended up flunking out of school and I had no choice but to join the military at that point. Um, so I did that. And I did about three and a half years, uh, did a deployment. Um, I got out in 2020. And when I did, I immediately rolled in, into school. And while in school, I would say um, just before my senior year, um, I was uh, talking to one of the professors about you know uh, potential um, careers for my degree. And she mentioned uh, data analytics. And so I researched that. Um, I loved it. I taught myself Tableau and SQL and uh, dabbled in Excel uh, and R actually in one summer. Uh, Got my very first uh, year-long full-time initial data analytics uh, internship at Cox Communications. I did that, continued to upskill. Uh, networked along the way pretty heavily. And that actually led me to my next uh, data um, internship at Humu. Um, that was a data science internship, but that was really a lot of like, uh, it, was a, it felt like a more of like an analytics engineering one to uh, mm-hmm. learn like DPT, um, uh, ex- uh, accelerated my Python ETL skills. Um, and then after that, um, then I started Booz Allen Hamilton. Um, and so that's like, it in the in the nutshell my my whole like career so far wow yeah it's uh it's interesting you point to kind of kind of networking and you know we've had a number of conversations we had a data career summit i think one of the first recordings we did and uh they couldn't emphasize enough the importance of networking and, and subsequently especially in the market we we find ourselves in now but even more so in data analytics generally kind of the importance of building that kind of personal brand and actually putting yourself out there and did that come naturally to you or was that kind of something which uh, you kind of felt you, you had to do and you pushed yourself out of your comfort zone or was this actually just a natural thing for you to do that network building yeah so it was not natural I had no idea what networking was um maybe like a year and a half ago honestly I'm an introvert so it wasn't really anything that I really knew how to do so I went about it, um, you know, I gave myself, you know, leeway. I, I wasn't really forcing myself or rushing the process. So I just went about me saying, okay, there's so much different um, job 
opportunities or job titles that I'm interested in that's beyond what my current team at the time it was at Cox, but my current team had. And I'd like to learn from people who are in these positions, you know, what they do and, you know, how I could get there. So I approach networking as me just trying to learn from other people and building relationships that way. And so it was actually less intimidating for me because it felt less forced. It felt less pressure um, yeah. than just actual networking. So like, the term networking itself is is intimidating in general. Um, so I just like, I like the term building relationships and just learning from other people. And doing that, um, it, it made less, it was a le- lot less pressure. Um, it was easy to get connections because a lot of people are more than willing to help. Um, and doing it virtually was also helpful too. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I approached it. Um, and being, um, being, being that this is a uh, industry of like constant, continuous learning, um, it was something that uh, it, it helped me um, learning from other people. It just helped me um, made my time more efficient, uh, basically, um, and a lot better than learning in isolation. Yeah. No, it's the power of kind of having that network who's, who's come all on the same same journey. And let, let's be honest, I think everyone wants to see good people do well. And, you know, you know, I've, I've been kind of really encouraged, especially in what's happened recently with kind of the, the uncertainty around us. It's been great that everyone's really been chipping in on LinkedIn and sharing statuses and making introductions without expecting anything back. And I, you know, I know I touched at the beginning of the intro, obviously, on the ed tech platform and specifically data in motion, which I think is that how I think it's how we vicariously knew each other from people I'd know who'd liked and engaged that platform. You know, people who listen to our um, kind of podcasts are really people who are either aspiring data professionals or are looking to transition from maybe a, a non-technical route into a technical route. So data in motion seem to have, uh, I always receive your newsletters, but there's obviously the, would you mind kind of giving a bit of an account of what led you first and foremost to launch Data and Emotion? And secondly, kind of what specifically is it? Yeah. So, you know, even to preface that, it's very interesting um, that it seems like there's like two worlds of folks uh, entering the tech space. It's those mm-hmm. of us who are transitioning in from completely different um, fields. And then there's those who probably like, um, you know, the kids that did everything right and just like uh, went from bachelor's and going into these uh, brand new master's degree programs. And so it's like yeah. two completely different worlds of, of, of folks coming into it. And honestly, I feel like uh, both are both are both are necessary. Um, and the folks of us who are transitioning in, um, we, we do have less of a structure than those who um take the straight and narrow and just go from like bachelors and go to these new brand new master's degree programs. So initially uh, data motion was primarily just supposed to be a podcast, but I was having trouble trying to figure out like how to set up a website. So I just went ahead and set up a discord and I just eventually just started adding channels. And eventually I just started um, implementing things that I would have wanted if I was, you know, running a community or what I would have wanted if I was learning for the first time. And so when you're self-learning and you don't really have that structure, you have to like create your own structure. Um, you have to like create your own uh, community and just create your own like um, support group. Um, and learning in isolation um, 
especially when you're transitioning into something completely different, um, you're going to, you're going to run into, um, times where you're like, Hmm, I don't think I can do this. This is like very hard. And if you don't have a support group around you, um, you can easily fall off the wagon. You can easily just quit. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to create a space of a place where uh, you can get high quality resources, high quality support, um, get people set up on the on the right path and on the right way to transition into this space um, um, effectively, pretty much. Because there's tons of courses out there, right? Yeah. There's tons of... Exactly. Tons of resources. Um, and you can really get lost in the sauce. Um, and so I wanted to provide like a, a, a best of I can, like a, 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 an environment where folks get structure or folks get uh, resources um, on professional development as well, too. Right. Because mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of resources that or platforms that just give you the bare minimum. And like, this is how you get in. And then that's it. And yep. I feel like we need to get, we need to step up beyond that. Let's, let's provide some, con, a platform that's like continuous learning, right? How do you advance? How do you go from entry level to mid level? Um, there's some, there's some people who are transitioning in who are probably great suited for manager roles that probably don't realize it. Right. So how, yep. how do we get them to figure out their potential as well? And so so yeah, the, like I said, like because many of us we don't have anyone in our immediate lives that we can just like go to and say, "Hey, um, I'm 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 really hitting my head trying to learn for loops in Python." Like I don't yeah. know anyone in my immediate life I can go to for that. So you have to go to like a data community, and so that's what uh, Data Motion is really supposed to be about. Amazing, yeah, and no, I yeah. It's slightly related, but I think the whole premise for Think Data was because as a headhunter in the space over years, we kept being asked those kind of questions around what steps do I need to take to a become, you know, a BI or analytics engineer, or you know, I'm I'm what what degree do I need to follow? Because we partner with some uh, more universities and colleges, but actually, what we've seen is there isn't a um, one size fits all approach, and there never should be. And I think we are now hopefully opening up the market and people's eyes to potential talent that they may not have seen before. And I, uh, I completely relate to that. And I, you know, we've had individual contributors like yourself. So people doing the role, people who were saying what steps they took, but in terms of people, I suppose, taking your step back to when you were, you know, in the U S Navy and thinking about breaking into analytics, what advice would you give people now who maybe are looking at analytics as a, a career path who, who might not necessarily be following that master's of science background, have that bachelor's and that kind of quintessential STEM education? What, what advice would you offer them to kind of break into this space? So I would first um, think of exactly what kind of job you'd like to get. So mm-hmm. there's different types of jobs like data analysts, data scientists, and things like that. So obviously, well, most uh, content you'll see will say data analysts is like the easiest way in. That's usually yeah. what a lot of the content is put out, say, break in and be like an analyst, and which is fine. So let's just say like an analyst. Um, focus on the core foundational skills. I like to say like there's like a power five for a, for a data analyst like effective communication, SQL, Excel, um, 
a data vis tool, Power BI or Tableau. Yeah. Um, and then just basic like descriptive statistics. Um, and focus on just learning those and getting great at those and building a portfolio so that when you build a portfolio, say that you're working, you can be working um, a frontline worker at, say, like uh, a restaurant. Mm. Um, but if you're building a portfolio, uh, a portfolio showcasing your SQL skills, your Excel skills, um, now you're creating your own experience that you can't really replicate at, at your job. So you can consider your, so you can say that you are a data analyst and you are working on these skills and you actually have evidence of that. It's evidence to yourself and it's evidence to uh, potential employers. Um, also recognize that a lot of us transitioning in, um, and reason why I mentioned that, um, you know, both, both types of folks who transition from completely different spaces and the kids do do the straight and narrow, uh, we both we need both we meet we need both types of people because uh, yep. the the former we have trans we have a lot of uh, transitional skills uh, skills that we can like transfer over transferable skills um, and a lot of us we've been doing a lot of data analytical uh, you know task in our previous work uh, maybe not using SQL maybe not using Python. But we've been doing analytical thinking and analytical approaches uh, for the longest. And mm. so you can, if you think about that um, and you really put that into words, um, you realize that you've been doing this already for a while. And so recognize and knowing how to tell your story and realizing that you're not as entry level as you think you are, I think is going to be helpful because then you can go into these, um, you can just go into the job market and go into these um, interviews and, and not undersell yourself. Right. Um, you see a lot of like transitioning teachers, for example, they get really good jobs because they've been doing, you know, they can tell their story in a way that, Oh, wow. Well, you, you just started learning SQL, but you've been pretty much doing data analytical skills for, for years already. So knowing how to tell your story, um, knowing, knowing that you have transferable skills, and building a portfolio so that you can uh, see your evidence of um, your new skills that you're building. Um, I think those are like those are massively important things that uh, folks that are transfer are um, transferring in from completely different um, areas. Interesting, and I think it's uh, you know being have that kind of proactive mindset and the ability to kind of showcase what you've gone and tried and putting it on your, on your resume or putting an online platform where you can actually go and look at the code, look at some of the visualizations that you've drawn up. And as you said earlier, there's, there's so many resources out there, isn't there? And I'm guessing from your experience and obviously trying to cut through all the noise and hence why you set up data in motion, you know, is there the kind of, I spoke to someone yesterday who was talking about, he was showcasing his data science skills by using Kaggle and actually then using that to demonstrate kind of how good he was within kind of the classic kind of data science within data anal analysis and kind of visualization would you is there are there platforms out there that we could kind of tag in the end of the show here that people could look at and say my advice would have a look at these platforms oh for sure so when it comes down to say like um tableau for example or just any mm -hmm. database skills i tell people you can 
take any course, take even just like a quick course on even like tutorial on YouTube. But you can really accelerate your database skills very quickly, especially for Tableau if you do Makeover Mondays, uh, Workout Workout Wednesdays, but Makeover Mondays in particular. Um, For SQL, I always recommend uh, Serious SQL, the eight-week challenge. I think that really accelerates your SQL skills uh, very quickly. So once you learn the fundamentals, just hop on and and just really just do that eight-week challenge. Um, And if that's a little too uh, advanced for you, then you can do R challenges or data motion challenges as well. I think that, that those are good ways to build up to that. For, um, let's see, I know that uh, Enterprise DNA, they're actually coming out with like uh, workouts for um, doing challenges in like a bunch of like Power BI stuff. So like uh, yeah. M language and um, Excel. So in a way, I would just say that once you get like the basic stuff, please don't be scared to just go out and just start doing challenges and 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 doing projects you don't want to if you if you take a course and then you feel like you get stuck you, that, that's not a sign that you need to take another course that's just a sign that you need to probably do some googling um and, and figure it out that's not a sign that you need to take another course because then you're going to find yourself in this loop and you're not going to really progress as well as you like yeah. uh so just to cover uh main things are for sql serious sql or yep. data motion challenges um, for Tableau um, and Power BI because you can do it in both Makeover Mondays especially, um, and and check out the Enterprise DNA workouts. Awesome, that's some really good advice. And I know for people who's interested in DBT, they've got a huge community as well, and I know they've got some free uh, training. And if you go to their actual website, so I think on your point, hence why data and emotion has seen such good momentum is. If you're doing it with other people, sharing your success, your failures, um, spurring each other on, then that kind of uh, kind of has that kind of perpetual momentum to keep going. Because as you rightly say, just because you fail doesn't mean pivot and do something different. It means well revisit Google, try again, and um, and and learn. I, I really like that, and I I know at the moment there's the market is obviously slightly kind of unusual but there is still a huge amount of opportunity out there in terms of for people coming into analytics or the analysts themselves when you're talking to people in your network what do you think are the most important factors um, candidates or potential job seekers should consider um, when I suppose weighing up what organization to join and I'm I'm kind of tackling this more from a uh, you know, looking at the kind of tech stack from looking at the uh, kind of growth opportunity there, um, kind of the investment in training and development. But yeah, in your, in your honest opinion, what, what do you think is the probably the, the most important consideration for people when they are looking to move? That's a good one. Um, I would say hmm, moving roles. Um, I think growth Personally, I think growth trajectory should be great, but at the same time, people are like job hopping so much that it's probably not as important anymore, to be honest with you. Um, so if you're just like looking for like, because there's still folks who, you know, stay at a place for 10, 20 years. Um, so if that's what you want to do, or if you really want that stability, um, then look for that and look for that growth trajectory. Look for, hey, how can I grow at this company? If you really don't care about that, then hmm, you can look at 
I guess, it w- well, first it will depend on what you like. So I, I tell folks, especially if, like they're for their first role, um, don't harp on too much of the money because you're going to, you, you can pretty much um, get a 40% or so increase not too long from that. Um, so I would look at, um, mainly, um, first the, the job description or the job responsibilities and see if you match that. Don't focus too much on the job title because those are pretty arbitrary in data in my, in my opinion. Um, so focus on the, the job descriptions, um, or the description of the job and seeing if, if it really aligns well in what you'd like to do. Um, I would also see if, you know, is that data team or that team that's, uh, that you'd like to work on? Is that a, te- is that a team that's like considered an actual like business partner? Um, that's actually pretty, you know, they're, they're an important piece in make, making like really key decisions in the company or are they just, are you just doing like, Hey, can you just like research this for me? Or, Hey, can you just like give me these numbers? Um, if it's like the former, I, I feel like you're, you're going to have a lot more, um, higher value projects that you can speak to versus like the latter. Uh, so when it comes to tech stack, uh, tech stack can, I would say if you, for example, if you're a power BI person, you know, look for the power BI jobs. If you're a Tableau person, look for Tableau jobs. Um, but when it comes to like tech stack, um, there's so many different ones if you like pay attention. So follow the ones that uh, more align to like your skills or where you'd like to grow in. Um, but considering that a lot of people are job hopping, um, it really, it can really, de- it really depends um, when it comes to important factors. It's really not a one size fits all. But I do, I do always mainly recommend folks to, you know, pay attention to, you know, where that data team is, uh, where where do they fit in the key decisions in that company? Um, because I think that's going to really matter much in terms of like what type of projects that you get. Yeah, I think that's probably some really interesting advice there because you, depending where you sit in terms of the business's perception of kind of analytics or BI really will dictate that journey, won't it, hugely, because you could end up just churning out those reports and just being almost like a back office support function rather than really being on the cold face of it and learning. And you're you're right in terms of tenure, it's even in a kind of uh, less stable market, the amount of people moving roles to not necessarily to increase their, their comp, but for new challenges and new technical exposure is, is still very common. And I guess with that in mind and companies who are um, kind of hiring and trying to kind of create that team, what do you think companies can do better to kind of create that more kind of committed and I suppose more engaged workforce, I guess, to avoid those kind of, as you said, that kind of short tenures and moving for the next role every six, 12, 18 months. So it's just in my experience, you know, a lot of that, I mean, that can really get into like the culture um, and then really how like your immediate managers uh, manage your teams. But each individual should feel like, they're cared about and their, their priorities matter. Um, so if you have a team member, so if, if a team member feels like um, the management is engaged with, you know, their priorities, um, then I feel like 
they'd have a they'd feel more loyalty to that company um, mm. for example um, so you know highlighting or focusing on folks who you know whether someone wants to become a manager one day whether someone just wants to uh, do the bare minimum whether someone wants to you know you know do a lateral move somewhere else um, having a team work out with like or a manager you know help that individual you know provide them whether um, projects to help them accelerate or um, get them on that path that they'd like to do that mm-hmm. also aligns with the goals of that particular co- or you know that particular team so let's say for example if I want to become a manager one day, then you'd like your your manager to provide you, you know, different projects to, you know, allow you to take that leadership leap that also aligns with the business and accomplishes the business goals. Right. Yeah. If you want to say if you're an analyst and you like to, you know, become like a data engineer or something like that, maybe get a project that you have more ETL responsibilities or things like that that also aligns with the business goals and also aligns with that employee's goals. Mm. And so if you, and you know, sometimes like, I mean, it can be really tough because even that manager could be thinking about job hopping. So (laughs) you never know. (laughs) It's really crazy. It's like, it's like, I don't know. It seems like the norm now, but if, if I feel like if, if employees feels like their priorities are, are important and, and are prioritized by the company, while prioritizing or accomplishing the company's goals, then you can have a lot better um, retainment or um, avoidance of, of folks trying to like think of getting out the door. Yeah. Yeah. It's, when you talk through it, it sounds so like, uh, formulaic and straightforward, doesn't it? It's funny when you, how many companies kind of uh, miss, it could be one tiny element of that process or just onboarding engagement, you know, development opportunity, which, not so forces people to move, but kind of gives them the opportunity to, to look elsewhere. And as you say, for, for people out there, there's still a huge amount of opportunity. But no, I think you, you offered a good insight there. And I've, I've been looking forward to kind of asking this question because I know your background, the trajectory has been so kind of rapid and you've obviously seen a lot of things happen in the kind of wider analytics space. But what do you think the future holds for analytics engineering? Because if I'm being honest, that's probably... 95% of our listeners are in that kind of modern data stack and have all looked at what's happened with Fishtown and obviously DBT and how kind of open that seems to be in terms of a career choice. But what do you think the future holds for it? So one thing that um, I've noticed about my career and some other folks is that there's so many, like there's blurred lines when it comes to like these job titles. Um, so even as an analyst, I was doing stuff that, you know, involved like engineering. And then when I was doing my data science internship, I was using DBT, for example. Um, and one thing that I I was thinking or I, I, you know, foresee is, you know, we have the three main jobs, data analyst, data scientist, and data engineer. But I see the role of a data, of an analytics engineer and also other um, possible new roles coming about that's going to kind of like break down from the, t- from the three main categories. Yeah. I see an analytics engineer, actually more, more jobs of those coming about uh, to be honest, like more hybrid roles because DBT is just so powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and is more 
uh, companies adopt it or, you know, other competitors that are similar or, or other tools that are similar, um, I think that role is going to blossom a lot more, especially if you maybe you can't hire like a full team of data engineers um, and you can have like a tool like DBT that can have someone handle a lot of engineering responsibilities um, and also do a lot of other hybrid work. Um, so yeah. I think the future is actually pretty bright for the analytics engineering space. And I'm actually pretty excited about it, mm. uh, to be honest with you, because I do feel like there's going to be a lot more roles, you know, that'll be broken down out of the main three categories uh, coming about. Uh, because I know a lot of us, if you look for, you know, you can look at five different data analyst uh, roles and they can be compl- five completely different ones. Completely. Um, you know, people will write a data science, a data analyst role. That's really like a data engineering role um, or a data engineering role. That's really like a, a data scientist role. Like it's, it's, it's really insane. And so I feel like the analytics engineer is going to be a lot more roles are going to come about um, and also other ones as well. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because we, we've seen from obviously a talent recruitment standpoint, you know, our most recent project has involved data ops engineers, which is this kind of supposed to be this new kind of hybrid role, that kind of DevOps stroke data engineering role uh, kind of merged. And I think we, we spoke before this about kind of how this may impact data engineering. But over the over the course of the last 10 years, when I've been in analytics to kind of where we are now, um, you're completely right what you said earlier, kind of don't focus on title and to anyone listening here, look at the tech stack, look at the kind of responsibilities and, and if in doubt, have a conversation with that kind of hiring manager and just just ask, what will I be doing day to day and kind of what, where will this lead me? Because as you said earlier, you know, don't go on the title because that could send you up the wrong path. Absolutely. And then along with that, you know, I'm hoping that these job descriptions and just job postings also get a lot better um, <laughs> and not having, you know, you know, one job description that's really asking for like three different jobs. Um, and so, yeah, just learning how to, you know, look for um, not paying attention to the arbitrary job titles um, and then over time um, seeing these more hybrid roles come about, which I'm pretty excited about. Absolutely. Well, look, I can't thank you enough for taking time after your working day to, to speak with me and you offer some great insights and tips. I'm sure everyone who, who tunes in and downloads this will be uh, will be really interested. They hear about your background, but equally kind of the advice you're offering up and the work you're doing through Data Remotion. I think it's great. Thank you so much, Alex. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Alex. I appreciate it.